Hello, creative people. Welcome to Creative Conversations. My name is Hollis Citron, and we are so happy that you have chosen to spend your time with us. I am owner and founder of I Am Creative and Express Yourself Publishing, and I am on a mission to expand the definition of creativity beyond a pencil and a paintbrush and to empower people, especially adults, to own their voices and talents that come in so many different forms. This space was created to talk to people with all different kinds of jobs, hobbies and interests, and to have conversations about experiences and perspectives all centered around three questions. How do you define creativity? How do you incorporate it into your life? And why do you think it's important? Then we have a free-flowing conversation and we see where it goes. So I have had the opportunity to speak to so many. I've spoken to musicians, comedians, doctor, lawyer, wrestlers, Reiki masters, and entrepreneurs as young as 13. And these conversations explore the reality that creativity is not cute, it is necessary. People have defined creativity as that magic spark, how we show up in our life, imagination, basically all that we are and want to be, do, or have. So I believe from my heart that sharing these stories gives one the ability to expand their thinking, open themselves up for more self-expression, to feel more empowered, connected, and dare I say, happy. So my inspiring guest for today is Stephanie Miller. Stephanie is a best-selling author, speaker, and spiritual growth writing coach who helps people write their stories by equipping them with the clarity, consistency, and confidence to share their story with the world. Her coaching ministry seeks to encourage others to share and write their stories from a place of creative work as spiritual work. Stephanie, welcome to the space. Hello. Hello, Stephanie. Hi, so lovely to be here. I'm so excited to be a guest. <laughs> so much for having me. Oh, thank you. I'm so happy that you're here. And I'm so happy that your voice quality is so good. <laughs> that, <laughs> that is wonderful. So before we dive in and really get to know you, I'm just going to ask, is there any kind of, you know, um, um, little fun fact that you'd like to share or a little something before we dive in? Um, yes. Last year, I started competing in triathlons and I won third place in my age group for the triathlon championship. So that's a fun fact. Oh my God. That's like more than fun fact. That's freaking <laughs> impressive. <laughs> well, and then I had a baby. So now I have to start all over when I decide to start all over again. Oh my gosh. So wait a minute. Triathlon is running, biking, and swimming. Yes. Yeah. Did you do triathlons prior to this or did you, were you just like, I'm going to just train for a triathlon? So I am a swimmer um, at heart. So I knew my swimming would be strong and I ran a couple of 5k and 10k races. And then I thought, well, you know, why not just add bike to the list? I kind of have these big lofty aspirations at the beginning of the year. I set like these big goals for myself. And yeah. so last year it was, just, um, you know, oh, I'm going to try a triathlon. And I did one and I was addicted. And then I started doing a lot more of them. Oh my gosh. I am, I am speechless <laughs> <laughs> and inspired. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Thank you for sharing that. That was a great fun fact. Okay. So we are going to dive in and we're going to do our would you rather, and then we'll go to our first question. So I wrote down two and I'm deciding which one to do. So I'm just going to kind of go with it. So Stephanie, are you ready? Yes, I am. Okay. Would you rather hear the good news or the bad news first? Bad news. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Agreed. Do you have a yeah. reason? Um, initially I'm thinking bad news because it gives my brain a little bit more time to comprehend what's going on. And then if there is some sort of positive news that is attached to the negative news, then I would just be able to hold on to the positive news longer since it was the last thing that I was told versus the flip-flop would be the the bad news would be the last thing that I hear. So then that would be kind of what's replaying in my mind. 
Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I totally agree. It's kind of like, okay, for me, it's like, let's just get it over with. Just tell yeah. me <laughs> and we'll deal with it. And then we'll end with the icing on the cake. Like that'll be good. Yes, exactly. And then if there is no silver lining, I'll just find some silver lining out of somewhere. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Because we're problem solvers, right? Exactly. So yeah, yeah, we figure it out and we make it happen. So, okay. So now we're going to dive into the real questions and uh, the meaty questions. And I want to acknowledge the people that are here live. Thank you so much for being here. Very grateful for you. Um, please feel free to put in the chat box any questions or comments and you can be part of the conversation. So Stephanie, uh, how do you define creativity? Yes. So I define creativity as the innate desire to create, play, and explore. So it's this idea of not only being actively creative and doing creative things, but also having the mindset of creativity. And I really really liken that to the fact that we were innately born to be creative, right? We are created from our creator and our creator himself created us in his image. And since we are created in his image and he created things, then we are in turn creative. So I believe that all of our creativity stems from um, God, who is our creator, who put that within us. And in such, we can be creative in the, you know, more so very common ways that we view creativity, you know, painting, speaking, writing, um, drawing, pottery, all of that. But I also think that creativity can be um, something that we use in other areas of our life as well. I don't think it is an idea of creativity. Uh, you either are creative in this particular way and this particular form or structure. I really view creativity as the way that you give yourself permission to create, play and explore. And I'll even tag on to that original definition. Just be curious and just allow your mm -hmm. curiosity to take you from place to place. Um, and such, I really think that it starts with not having this idea that creativity is something that we have to muster up ourselves or we manufacture ourselves, but something that is really a part of us. So then we begin to infuse it and activate it so we can start to see it in other areas of our life by giving ourselves the permission to be creative. Mm. So some words. So thank you for all that. And there was a lot that I heard, but I'm just going to highlight words that I heard that really stood out to me, which were permission, curiosity, and activate. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And I think just to tag on the permission part, I think so many of us, especially as adults, and if we're not actively allowing that creative part of ourselves or the creative self of us to come out and create, play and explore, then we are trying to keep it confined and keep it in a box. So the one side of your brain really wants to just tell yourself creativity is not productive, right? So if you're drawing, you're painting, you're doing any sort of creative work, it's not productive. But on the other hand, if we do not allow ourselves to create in that way as an expression of who we are, then ultimately we can end up with big problems of perfectionism, um, control, anxiety. We're just not able to be who we are called to be when we're not able to be creatively expressive. Yes. Thank you. And thank you for defining my whole company. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that and validating, no problem. <laughs> and validating it all because it's like one of my taglines is creativity is not cute. It's necessary. Yes. It's not one of these things where it's like, oh, well, really? Like, I'm an adult. I have a mortgage to pay. I have rent to pay. I don't have time to doodle or I don't have time to meditate or I don't have time to go for a walk and enjoy nature and touch a tree or or yeah. just be outside or play with my kids or um, whatever it is. Because if we don't take the time to do these things or if we're not sure what these things are, and we want to explore and give ourselves permission to try different things, then we're going to end up being frustrated and angry and anxious and all of these things that end up being very icky feelings and make us not happy. 
Yes, absolutely. I think for people who think that, you know, I can't afford to allow myself time and space to be creative, I think the question and really try to flip that on the other side is they can't afford not to allow yes. themselves to. Yes. Yes. Thank you for that. So let's hear more about your journey. Let's hear about you more of Stephanie on wherever you want to start. Um, on your journey. So find a point that you want to start at and yes. take us to where you are now, please. You yes. keep, um, so Stephanie, on my just, creative you keep journey. Kind of going in. You've been going in and out a little bit. I don't know if your notifications are on or something, um, but I'm just letting you know that every once in a while, you, I can't hear you for a minute. Okay. No, I don't have any notifications on and I'm sitting still at a table. Yeah. Okay. 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 Sorry. Go ahead. You're good. Um, no, I'm sorry. Just let me know if I need to do something else different. Um, okay. For my creative, my creative journey, it really started with this um, idea of first the spiritual growth element. So I was very um, attuned and very fixated on spiritual growth and transformation. Um, where I started my coaching business, my life coaching business originally around that. And then fast forward to that as a part of that, I really became very, very focused on helping other people share their story and helping other people be vulnerable and transparent enough to share their story. Um, and the tagline for that was transformation emerges from transparency. Um, mm. So from there, it really just became this idea of being okay, being vulnerable, being authentic, being transparent, um, leading up to the point where I decided I wanted to help other people share their story. I wanted to help other people write what they to write. And through that, I needed to make sure that I was being the best person and being who I was created to be. So tapping into that creativity, I got a hold of Julia Cameron's book, The Artist's Way, love that book i will forever tell everyone who will listen to me about that book um mm -hmm. and just the amazing creative transformation that came as a result of reading that book and going through the artist dates and doing the morning pages still continually doing the journal morning pages it's just an amazing way to view again creativity as not only something that you do but really who you are um so I am still trying to navigate this idea um, of have I always been this creative being or am I becoming this creative being? Am I becoming this creative person? So are we stripping away all of the noise and all of what the world says or am I um, just be, being built up by these creative components and by these creative elements? So definitely a journey, but I think part of creativity is allowing that vulnerability. It's allowing that, um, that almost that risk-taking, almost that daring of one side or the other side. Um, but there's beauty and there's even more beauty, I think, when things don't go according to plan, because then you have this opportunity to kind of create as you go or, you know, make it as you go. Um, so, and I think there's beauty and just having that um, flexibility and having that potential to um, just allow yourself to view life that way. Yes. Oh my gosh. I love that because when you said risk-taking, it kind of goes back to the word you used earlier, which is permission, which almost to me also means make mistakes, um, which, which can be perceived as making a mistake when things don't go your way, um, yeah. which allows for the flexibility and the beauty to show up because that's where we make all of these discoveries, right? Yes. Yeah. It's like whenever you are painting or doing something and you think you ruined it, but then you realize it's better than what you ever expected or you ever imagined. It's this idea of just allowing creativity and really focusing on the experience and not the outcome. Yes. Yeah. Very much the experience. Or even when you're driving or walking somewhere and you get lost and you're like, oh man, I got lost. I didn't mean to go down this road. And then you're like, oh my God, this is really cool down here. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know this existed. Wow. That's a really cool house. This is really pretty or whatever. It's There can be this feeling that kind of tightens up with you initially, but then you're like, oh wow, cool discoveries along the way here. 
Yes, I love that. It's like that appreciation, right? It's like allowing ourselves to see that in a new way and also allowing ourselves to appreciate like where we are at that present time. Yeah. So with your writing, were you always like when you were younger, was writing always a thing for you that you enjoyed or is that something more of when um, that you grew into? So I always was drawn to writing. Um, I actually, as a little, as a little girl, probably six or seven, I was painting first, just painting, you know, random. I was part of a group called color your feelings. So <laughs> I was, I would color my feelings. Um, and my mom said I would use black a lot. So no judgment, mm -hmm. <laughs> but apparently I had a lot of black feelings. Um, but that kind of translated mm -hmm. then into teenage and young adulthood where I started writing poetry, right? It was this like emotional thing that had built up inside of me. So initially it was painting and then it transitioned and translated into poetry. I needed to start writing to just release how I feel. And really I'm the same way, you know, today, like if I have a strong emotion or if I feel something bent up, like my immediate go-to is to write about it, to allow myself to process through it. Um, so writing has just kind of been a part of me for as long as I remember. Mm, so do you, when you write, do you write with colors? Um, no, not usually. Mm -hmm. I was wondering if you used any kind of a colorful pen or anything, which I'm actually using right now. I have a whole thing of gel pens um, and I'm using a, a purple one right now. <laughs> but I wondered if, because when you said you kind of paint your feelings, if that kind of, um, if that translated in that way at all. Yeah, no, I hadn't thought about that. Um, no, I don't normally um, use use colors, but that would be that'd be definitely an interesting way to to go about it. I do know that um, when I am writing, there's kind of these two ideas. There's the the free writing brainstorm free flow writer part that can just have a word have a theme and just allow themselves to write and realize that it's not going to be perfect. There's like the editor side of that that's trying to second guess and be critical and judgmental and things like that. So to kind of combat that, I do use some color there because that way I'm kind of playing creatively with color and using colored stickies or something like that and um, colors that way, but also allowing myself to think more organizational and methodical. So, Ooh, I love that. Tell me a little bit more about that. What is that process that you're talking about? Yes. So what I'm talking about basically is when you are at the point. So when I write, I kind of take these main key ideas or these main key themes um, and I start writing on them um, initially. And then after I kind of have written everything that I need to about those key themes, I will translate them into, let's say, like a yellow sticky is going to be like my main point, like my takeaway point or my key point. Um, and then a green sticky might be the illustration or the story or the example that I am using with that. And so what I'll see if I'm writing on a theme, for instance, and I see I have five illustrations and like 10 key points, then I have to learn to eliminate some of those key points because um, that's why it says key point, right? Like it's not supposed to be 10, 10 key points. Um, but then this idea of just allowing yourself to color, I think it depends on also your learning style and if you are drawn visually. So if you're a visual learner, I think it's definitely very helpful. And also that um, touch, right? And actually like the act of yeah. doing it, I'm very much, if you can see me right now, I'm using my hands even though no one right. can see me. But <laughs> I get, that's I just can how I talk. Like, yes. <laughs> Again, again, it totally, I love that because it's really, you're organizing the story because when you're writing, it's kind of here within our culture, it's left to right. So you're kind of, you know, doing it that way. But then when you're breaking it down and you're, you've broken it down to these key components using your colorful stickies, then you're moving it around and creating the organization yes. that way, which I think is really cool. Yes. Yeah. I'm like tricking myself, but I'm actually editing, but I'm tricking myself and I'm still creating, right? It still, you know, creates and presents a challenge in a way to creatively solve the problem. Yes. And I remember when we had our pre-chat, which I really appreciated if I, if I wrote it down correctly, but I, 
anyway, I'll just say it and see if you agree, <laughs> where you said, um, let your inner critic in so you can hear the resistance. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. I, just, I like that because it's kind of like so often you hear, okay, quiet the inner critic, you know, da, da, da. but here you're saying, okay, I'm inviting you in. And yeah, tell us more about that. Yeah. So I think the best way kind of is with an illustration. I think the inner critic also results from fear, right? So it's like fear of judgment, fear of failure, um, fear of not measuring up, whatever. But I think a lot of the inner critic stems from that fear. So for me, it's this idea of visualizing, okay, and I, this is not an original idea and I can't remember um, whose original idea it is, but it's visualizing the fact that Fear is allowed a place. So if you're in a car and you're driving down the road, fear is allowed a place, but that fear and that inner critic or that negative voice that's an, you know, a no-no voice is not in the passenger seat with you, right? So he's not in the passenger seat. He's not like spewing all of these things. Turn left, drive here. This is too hot, too cold. Change the radio station. No, he's not doing any of that. Um, but fear then instead is in the backseat, present and aware and you notice it, but you're not allowing him to either drive the car or give you directions on where to drive the car. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like that. Because to me also, I mean, fear can be a driver. <laughs> it's, it's like, okay, this makes me nervous. This makes me uncomfortable, but it's not going to stop me. Yes. It, yeah. It's, and I'm going to override that by moving forward and potentially making mistakes, perceived mistakes and giving myself permission to do that. Um, because if I let the fear stop me, then what's that? It's not birthing anything new. Exactly. Exactly. And that fear, like if you have that feeling of that fear or that inner critic then, or that resistance, and that really is indicating to me personally, I feel that you are on the right track. Like you are moving forward. Um, you know, I've shared with people, I think that we often have a breakdown before we have a breakthrough. And so I think if you are questioning everything about yourself and everything about what you do, um, you really are at just kind of at that point of just getting to that other side um and then and having that breakthrough and then of course just having to use a butterfly analogy since my ministry is about butterflies it's that idea of we are in the cocoon and we don't know when it's going to end and it's suffocating us and it's binding us together but then just allowing ourselves just a little bit more time and then all of a sudden we just break free from that cocoon spread our wings and fly mm, such a beautiful visual so tell us more about your coaching ministry please Yes. So my coaching ministry is Butterfly Beginnings Coaching. Um, it looks to help writers um, transform their writing and really connect their writing practice with the spiritual growth practice. I believe that writing is a spiritual practice and a spiritual way, um, a form of worship and such that um, my goal of my writing ministry is to really help uh, faith-based writers be able to connect with God. And so it's his words on the page. And so they have the confidence, the clarity, and the consistency that they need. Right. That they are. You're going in and you're going in and out. Whatever it is. I'm in and out. Okay. Um, I haven't moved. Yeah, I heard. I heard most of that, but it, I kind of pieced stuff together. Um, do you have your headphones in? I do. I can't hear you at all now. You do have them in? I do, yeah. Maybe try taking them out. Okay. Maybe try I'll taking them out. them out. Let's see if that works any better. Okay. 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 So let's see if maybe that's a little bit better. Cool. Okay. Is that any better? Okay. There's a little, oh, lots of sounds going on. Okay. Um, okay. 
So let's see right there. Let's see from this point on. Okay, so tell me again, I'm gonna write this down for editing purposes, um, about 24 to 25 minutes. Um, tell me again, please, about the coaching ministry. Yes, so the coaching ministry is really about helping um, other writers, other faith-based faith writers specifically, gain the clarity, consistency, and confidence that they need to share um, their message with the world. And I do that by really likening writing as a spiritual practice, as a spiritual growth practice, uh, and just allowing our writing to be a form of worship and that the words that we do share and the messages that we do have and that we are called to share or write or give to the world really stem from uh, our obedience to what God tells us to do and how he tells us to share our messages. So that's really kind of the core of what my writing coaching ministry is about, just connecting the creativity in the writing with the spiritual growth aspect to see that they are not really separated, they are combined. And that's the heart of just being aware that creativity is not something that we compartmentalize. Well, we can, we do, but it's not something that we should compartmentalize. It's something that um, we can really use and seek and it can just kind of help filter every single aspect of our life. Mm. So has the spiritual part, has the, the God part always been in your writing space? Yes, yes. Um, the spiritual growth aspect and the God part has always been in my writing space. Um, I have been very more, I've been more uh, careful and more intentional on incorporating these affirmations. So not just I am a good writer or I am a writer, although those are great. Um, just more like I am created to write, I am created to create, um, God will control the outcome. I just, you know, control what I'm told to do, uh, you know, similar to what I mentioned before about the book with Julia Cameron, but having these positive, like spiritual creative affirmations have definitely been a huge part that I have just recently incorporated in my writing practice. Um, because there's there's something that we need sometimes is that affirmation that we are doing what we have been called to do. We are creating the way that we've been made to create. Um, and part of that for me has honestly just been showing up. You know, I believe that creativity and that inspiration that we so desire, it's there, but we just need to be faithful to show up. Uh, when we show up, it shows up. Mm, I love that. And what I am definitely resonating with is just, again, well, those, the word that you just said, faithful. And I think there's an aspect of um, whether a person believes in God, whether they believe in their angels or guardian angels, or um, it, it's, it's allowing kind of like the creator to flow through. So yes. it kind of takes some responsibility. It takes some pressure off in a sense because I have found it to be true I, that, that when you relax and you're just open yourself up um, and people have different ways that they do this, where it's like, I'm open, I'm receiving. And in allowing that receiving, then it, it, it flows in. Yes, exactly. And I was just going to say that too, like with the whole idea of creative flow, like that's when you know you are tuned in, dialed in, channel, channeled in, however you want to say it. Like that's when you know when you have this sense of flow and you have the sense of, you know, time is is not not even on your mind. It's just it's even hard to put into words, but yeah, <laughs> but I'm yeah. sure you know that many people can relate to that idea, and that's where you really don't want it to end. And I think that's that's the beauty of creativity too. Um, I was painting a little bit right before I hopped on here, and I didn't want to stop. Right? I feel like creativity begets creativity. The more we create, the more we want to create. It's like this continual beautiful you know, beautiful cycle um, of displaying our creativity and showing our creativity and demonstrating our creativity um, for other people. I love, yes, 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 yes. And it, it's, it's all a form of expression uh, to me. And when you're expressing using your voice, using 
other mediums, whether, you know, through movement, uh, when you're in that expression, it just, and you're in that flow. And like you said, cause you just read my mind, literally when you lose framework of time, like how beautiful is that? <laughs> you're not looking at your watch and thinking, oh my God, I'm bored. Um, when's this going to be over? Yeah. Uh, when do I have to get to this next space? Blah, blah, blah. Like whatever that is. And when you're in that space and then you move on to something else, you're so much more open and receptive. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think a lot of us don't really understand the full benefit of how that creativity and allowing ourselves that time in that space really does play a huge role in how we deal with other aspects of our life. I mean, it really reduces depression, anxiety, can keep perfectionism at bay as long as we let it. I mean, all of these positive benefits uh, that, that really come when we just allow ourselves to be immersed in that moment and in that experience. Yeah. So this is actually a good lead in. You've kind of mentioned some things, but uh, how do you incorporate more creativity into your own life? Yes. So the way that I talk about this really is in my mind, there's two ways that we incorporate creativity and that I incorporate creativity. It's in that direct way. Like I've been mentioning, kind of, we give ourselves permission to play, create and explore, um, you know, and we recognize that this desire to create is, is there for a reason. So we allow ourselves to do all those creative things or to tune in to, to nature or any sort of creative element. Um, and then of course, the other way is an indirect way. So that's kind of when you were talking about Hollis a little bit about when we get lost and like how we're kind of like having to find our way. Well, even that way of determining which direction we're going to take is an example of creativity, right? And then right. another example that I can think of, and this is kind of a funny example, but my, um, brother and his wife just recently had a baby and I was on the phone with my mom and my five-year-old daughter was in the car. Yeah. <laughs> and um, my mom asked me, well, you know, how's her water broke? And I said, yeah, her water broke. And my five-year-old was like, mom, mom, what's that mean? Well, then I didn't really not want to get into the whole like nitty gritty of what it happens when your water breaks and you're in the hospital having a baby. Um, so I had to be very creative in my response, right? Very creative in my answer. Uh, <laughs> I love this. So what did you say? <laughs> well, I said your water breaking is essentially um, meaning that the baby loses the pillow that is holding it in. And then when the water breaks, the pillow is gone and then the baby can come out. Just like when mommy and daddy come wake you up by removing your pillow from your head. <laughs> and she said, okay, mommy. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> That's really funny. I love that. Yes, that is definitely an on the spot. So this is everybody, a whole parenting thing where I have a whole separate space that's called, it wasn't in the manual, the art of parenting your own way. Yes. This is like the on the fly of what do I say? How do I answer that? Yes, exactly. And you have to be quick because, you know, she's waiting for a response, but I, yeah, ex exactly. Like a, a way and an opportunity to demonstrate that creativity. Yeah. Yeah. And the funny thing with kids too, is that they often don't need as much of a detailed answer as we think that they do. Yeah. <laughs> they can, they can be satisfied with something simple unless there have been other circumstances for like when my son asked me something in particular and I gave him the answer and I was, <laughs> he was like, well, I saw that on the playground. I'm like, no, you didn't. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so then I had to tell him what it really meant. And then he was like, oh, Okay. And then we're done. <laughs> but anyway, so, okay. So I like how you kind of broke it down in those ways and shared that with us. Um, but tell us a little bit more. So in you incorporating more creativity into your own world, you, one of the things too, besides being a, in triathlons and all of this, you're a best-selling author. So tell us about that. Yes. So I first was um, asked to be part of a co-author book. And then that co-author book opportunity led to another co-author book opportunity. 
um, which led to another one. And so my third co-author book that I was in ended up being a bestseller, um, which is wonderful. We were all sharing stories of how to uh, just let go of habits and behaviors that no longer serve us. Um, so it was definitely a very well well needed book. Um, but I think, and I think too, as I'm talking about it, like writing really can use discipline and I don't like to use the word discipline, um, but it really involves that consistency. And I think in order to write and to share your story and to become a best-selling author and to just put yourself out there and your words out there and your thoughts out there and your stories out there again and again and again, it requires, I'm going to go back to what I just said, the consistency and also that vulnerability aspect. You know, I share some personal, personal stories um, in the co-author book and then my actual book, um, The Butterfly Blueprint, How to Renew Your Mind and Grow Your Faith, you know, I kind of go way down deep in that in that vault of personal, personal things that we kind of want to keep locked in that closet. Um, but I do so because I think it's important for us to share our stories and be vulnerable to not only let someone else know that they are not alone or that they're not the only ones that ever thought that or felt that or have gone through that, but also inspire other people to give hope and encouragement um, and to know that they too can be vulnerable and brave and courageous and share their story, whatever their story may be, um, to help other people. So I think that the idea of personal experience um, and sharing your personal experience really makes a difference, uh, not necessarily in the discipline, but in the knowing. There's another driving force that is driving you to share this stuff that you don't necessarily want to share. There's another driving force, you know, that really is pulling us to create, that's drawing us in. You know, I'm getting sucked into watching the reels on Instagram people painting. I love it. I'm fascinated by it, like all types of painting, um, whether it's the paint pouring or watercolor. I just, the time-lapse videos, they, they have me sucked in, right? It's one of those things where we are so drawn to um, other people and other creative outlets. We just have to, again, find time to allow ourselves to engage in that. And what I'm hearing on that too, and translating for myself is it's connection. Yes. Right. Because we, as humans, we crave connection. Yes. And as you're saying in these co-author books and in writing your own book, co-author books are such a beautiful way to um, enter the space. I found, I mean, I have a publishing house as well, and this is one of the things I do, but in, in creating these spaces for community and really allowing people to just focus on the vulnerability aspect of just writing because they don't have to worry about anything else. It's really just about telling your story. And it's just such an important point to bring that up that when people are sharing and the importance of telling your story is there's a difference when someone is telling it and being like, well, you know what happened to me? It's mm -hmm. to me, it's like the tone. Yeah. Well, I'm going to sit here and talk about me and you're going to listen and da, da, da. Or someone is sharing, this is what happened to me. Because it's for the purposes of God. It feels so good when you actually release it from yourself, doesn't it? Yes. And then inspire others and allow them to not feel alone. And it just goes back to connection. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And again, like, we were, like you said, we were also born and we are made to connect with others. I mean, we're made for relationship. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and when we're denied that, when we deny connection to ourselves and when we deny connection to others, we feel horrible. Yeah. Disconnection does not feel good. No, no, absolutely not. Absolutely not. And it translates to many other, um, you know, bad feelings, like we mentioned early, earlier, depression, anxiety, and all of that. Um, so this is really giving yourself the permission to, to um, plug in and um, share and do and explore. Um, so tell us even just a little bit more. Um, what other things do you like to, when you said play, what are other things that you consider to be play? Other things I consider to be play. Um, 
besides just kind of painting or drawing or doodling, um, I'll dance with my, my daughter, um, kind of just go out and take a walk, dance to music, sing at the top of my lungs, but I'm a terrible singer. You do not want to hear me sing. <laughs> I love it. So do I. <laughs> and it's just fun to sing out loud. My daughter and I are, um, uh queens of um singing in the car with the um to songs and just screaming at the top of lungs and she's the only one i can really do that with my my husband and son don't like to participate yes yeah exactly <laughs> it's and you know too like they used to say you could pull up next to someone and like totally know when they're just like <laughs> belting it out at the top of their lungs <laughs> We've had in the summertime when the windows are down, there's that awkwardness of when we're dancing and singing and then we stop at a light and the person next to us and we look over, it's like, they're like, do I make eye contact or do I not? Usually they look yeah. over and smile. <laughs> yeah. And that's freedom, right? Like they are free to be themselves. Like we are free to be ourselves when we're playing, creating, we're exploring, like we're not second guessing things. We're just allowing ourselves to be free. And that's so beautiful. Yes. So do you have any kind of a morning routine? So my morning routine is um, I come downstairs really early <laughs> and fix my kids. I have two kids. I have a five-year-old and a three-year-old. And I also have a baby, a five-month-old. But she usually sleeps in a little bit longer. So I fix my older two breakfast. Um, and then I immediately sit down and I do my morning pages, those journaling morning pages that um, I was talking about. So first I kind of do write in my planner, the to-do list and the tasks and kind of get that taken care of. Um, my whole mindset behind that is if you kind of write down your to-do lists or, you know, your task list on your mind and get out, then that still creates even more space for you to use creativity uh, in your morning pages. So it's always like, okay, what's the schedule for today? And then I go back and start my morning pages um, in a journal. So writing longhand uh, two pages. I, Julia Cameron says three, but my time constraints are, are two because I'm normally interrupted several, several times. Um, right. Yeah. Um, so doing those, those journaling pages in the morning, um, it just, it sets me off. It sets me off for my day. You know, I always joke with people, including my husband, that morning pages are my sanity, like getting that journaling time and getting that space. It's my sanity. Um, and it just allows for everything that's kind of going on in my head or whatever that I want to put in those pages and it allows them to sit there. And if it's a creative idea, I can come back to it. But if it's just, you know, an emotion or an experience or a situation that has just been on replay in my head and I need to get it out, then it's out. And then it allows myself again, this time and this space and this opportunity to use that, that creative and that play and that, exploratory part where it's like, okay, now I'm going to do this and see how this comes together. And so oftentimes if I can, and the stars align, right, I have that journal time where everything gets dumped out, but then I also have immediately go into working on my writing, um, whether it's a blog post or I am working on a book proposal. So doing some chapters and doing stuff for that. Mm -hmm. So what time do you usually wake up in the morning? So waking up usually between six and six thirty. Mm -hmm. So that is so that's before the kids, but then they can wake up and then kind of interrupt your routine some. But you still stick to it. Yes. Well, I'm usually up with them, and so I, they actually usually want to get up at five thirty, but I refuse to get up at five thirty. So. <laughs> <laughs> I get them up. Um, I say, go back to your rooms. And I get them up 30 minutes after and fix them breakfast. And while they're eating their breakfast and I've made their lunches and they're content, I sit down and do, um, do the journaling. Um, that's, yeah, that's a non-negotiable. It's morning for me. Um, you know, some people I know don't have time in the morning, so they do other times. And I remember last year when I started this practice, 
I was really nervous about trying to sit down and write in a journal first thing in the morning when I had, I had two kids at the time. And I said, there's no way I have time to do that. Um, but again, I think that we really make time and space for things that matter to us and things that are important to us. And I've come to realize that my journaling time and that reflection time is, is my me time. And that's, that's not negotiable. Thank you so much for bringing that up because I think everybody needs to hear that, that there needs to be non-negotiables in your world. Yes. And when people say, I don't have the time, I don't have the time, I don't have the time, I'm sorry, but it's bullshit. Yes. Like we, we have the time. <laughs> we are not all that busy to where there's no, there's not even five minutes in a, in a, in a day where um, we can't carve out the time for whatever that is. So here you are, a mom of three, as young as five months to five years old, and um, you make it a non-negotiable. You work, you have your, get them settled, make them happy, and then say, this is what mom has to do. And thank you for sharing that. It's beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. And then, I mean, that doesn't come without feeling those twinges of mom guilt and things like that. But I really, I know that that time for me and that, that creative time that I've set aside, it makes me a better mom. It makes me a better wife. I mean, it makes me a better human being, honestly. Yes. Cause these are all the things that build up. Cause when we don't have ourselves, when we don't allow, then this is where the animosity and the crankiness and all of this um, you know, where it comes from, I can say that when I left my um, full-time art teaching job four years ago, probably almost five now, um, time kind of blends, but when my 14-year-old said to me, why are you so cranky all the time? That was a wake-up call, Yeah. which I know she had said that before, um, but this time I really stopped and heard her. I was like, oh man, I am not, and I could feel it in my body. There was, I wasn't liking myself. I wasn't liking the person that I was. Um, so that's when the change occurred. That's when I, it finally registered. And I said, um, checking the box, not coming back in the fall. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So for, for the sanity, so everybody, you need to create non-negotiables in your life that serve you. No one will die. No one will be harmed um, in this time. Um, you, it's your, you know, the cheesy um, comparison of it's your uh, air mask on the airplane. Because if you don't do it for yourself first, um, nobody else will survive. <laughs> yes, exactly. And even if you haven't like given yourself that that chance to and you feel bogged down and you feel tired and overwhelmed and irritable and angry and frustrated and all of the things, then just give give it a try. Right. Like start that that self-care permission where you allow yourself that that little time in that little space. And it's such a it's a well-known saying, I think, that you only know what you know. So you yes. don't know the beauty and the freedom and just the understanding and the, the just the awareness that you can have on the other side. So it's crazy. It's like when you live with your vision, right? And you find out you could have glasses or contacts and you, you got the right prescription and you get them on and you're like, whoa, I can see clearly now. It's, it's exactly. amazing. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And thank you for mentioning that. Yes, it's baby steps. So when, ladies and gentlemen, if you're not sure where to start on this, baby steps, five minutes, give yourself that. And maybe you're just sitting there doing nothing. Maybe you're sitting there looking out the window. Maybe you're trying a drink that you've never had before. And you're like, oh, this would be fun to try. It's these little things that you just kind of do for yourself where you're carving out that time for you and nurturing and nourishing yourself. It's necessary, yes. everybody. So as we're getting to the top of the hour, Miss Stephanie, as time is going by so quickly, the third question, which is kind of the one that puts the icing on the cake and just wraps it all up is, why do you think creativity is important? Yes. So forgive me. I think this answer will be somewhat of um, a repetitive uh, answer to my other okay. points, but I really 
feel that without a creative mindset, we become blocked and trapped and stuck in this critical, fearful, perfectionistic, judgmental, fixed mindset um, that no one wants to be in. And we were not, we were not created to live that way. We were not created to be that way. Um, and going back to just my beliefs is that the Bible does encourage us to work, but it also encourages us to play and explore and enjoy life. Um, and so I do view not only play as kind of that curiosity and exploration, but also viewing play and creativity as a form of rest. And the Bible is very explicit on, on making sure that you rest. So it's this idea of allowing yourself to rest, not all work. Um, you have to have some, some play in there too. Um, I just, I see creativity and forgive me. It's another example for, for my daughter, but I see okay. creativity as such an important component because if I am teaching my children, my three-year-old, my five-year-old, or we're coloring or we're playing, like I want them to have the freedom and feel free enough to color outside of the lines, to make a purple mm. mermaid instead of, you know, yeah. whatever. But I want them to have that freedom and that flexibility and not that rigidity of, oh, I messed up. Oh, I, I did this wrong. And just, you know, see that sense of it has to be perfect. I. I think that it's so important to instill and promote creativity in children, especially, um, so they have that freedom to explore. There's a, there's a reason, honestly, that we are so full of having our children have crafts and do playing and exploring and stuff as kids because we were innately created that way. So children are tapping into their innate creative desire and somewhere along the way, we lose that. We lose that that desire and that play because we hear from society that's a waste of time. You're not going to be good at it. Um, you should be doing other things. But to tap back into that, I think, is huge. So I honestly think that we all should strive to be one that is not afraid to um, take chances and create and play and explore and color outside of the lines, you know, make a purple chicken instead of a white chicken. Um, yes. And, you know, things like that. And then finally, I really do think that uh, just failure and mistakes can be seen as opportunities for creative solutions. Um, Anyone that knows me knows that I'm a much like glass half full type person. So if people get annoyed by happy, joyful people most of the time, then they probably don't want to be around me. But if you're <laughs> telling me your if you're telling me your story and don't get me wrong, I can sit in a lot of like heavy, heavy things, but there will always be a time where I am trying to see a creative solution or see an opportunity for growth and improvement. Um, and whether it is the time to speak that to that person at that moment or if it's a time later on, but it's finding these creative solutions. There's no such thing as failure. You know, being an entrepreneur, you fall on your face time and time and time again. Um, and so you can look at it as a failure or you can look at it as an opportunity for growth. And because I want to put on that creative mindset, I really want to make sure that I'm looking at it as an opportunity for growth, not a mistake. I messed up. I failed. I'm going to go back into a shell, but really just, okay, I'm going to try it this way. Now I'm going to look at this, uh, just all about like learning who you are and like being able to be open to changing the direction that you're headed. That flexibility is vital um, in our everyday life. Thank you for all of that. And I mean, self-awareness, flexibility. I mean, in businesses, it's all about solutions and imagining and problem solving and um, uh, communication. I mean, all of this is part of the process. And Thank you for reinforcing to your children to color outside the lines, because I can say being an art teacher for 30 years, um, oh God, unfortunately, seeing younger kids nowadays being stifled um, because it comes from, I mean, it comes from an adult at some point saying the elephant shouldn't be purple mm -hmm. um, and it gets stifled young. And then I've seen in working with, with kids ages like 18 months to 100 years old, I've seen adults 
many, many, many adults angry because when asked about um, a certain, has anybody ever told you that you're not good at something? Or I had like um, a 40 some year old man go off that in middle school, his, you know, his ceramics teacher in middle school broke all of his pieces and he was 40 some years old and he was angry. Oh man. And he remembered that. That was a vivid memory, right? <laughs> it's a vivid memory. Yeah. And yeah, at that time I had a business solely working with clay and, um, Anyway, we moved past it. He created something. And I said many, many prayers over that kiln. And <laughs> gratefully, his piece out in one piece. And I didn't get to see his reaction when dropping off those bags. But I was so relieved and enabled to kind of re replace that uh, memory. Um, but the point is, is that uh, we as adults hold on to these things. And we may think that they're not important, but they are. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm proud of him. He gave himself permission, right, to pick that up and go at it again. He did. He did. There was a lot of resistance, actually, at first. There was a lot of anger um, and there was a lot of resistance. But um, in creating the space, this is where we hold space for people. And this is where we meet people where they are. And um, we know how to navigate and uh, do the best that we can in order to allow them to feel safe. Yes, absolutely. You know, so Stephanie, can you please tell people how they can connect with you? Yes. So my website is www.butterfly-beginnings.com. I know that's kind of confusing. I'm also very active on Instagram and Facebook and my handle username, however you want to call it is Stephanie Miller coach. One word, Stephanie Miller coach. So you can um, DM me there, uh, follow me there. I post a lot about this idea of creativity and spiritual growth and awareness. Um, I also post uh, practical tips on how to be more consistent in your writing, how to get clear in your writing, um, and also how to become confident in the calling that God has for you. So that's where I am there. I would love to see you um, on Instagram or Facebook or definitely connect with me um, on one of those. Wonderful. Stephanie, thank you so much for spending this hour hanging out and chatting and allowing us to get to know you more. Really appreciate you. Yes, this was wonderful. Um, once I took my headphones out, it sounded like everything worked okay. So I'm, <laughs> I'm glad technology was on our side. I know. I know. Me too. Me too. So wonderful. So um, everybody, thank you so much. Those joining us live, so appreciate you. Those catching the replay, we know you could be doing any of your hour and we so appreciate you hanging out with us. This space is all about connecting, inspiring each other and sharing stories. So please like, follow, share all of that good stuff because we have always needed this, but I believe we need this now more than ever. Yes. True connection, true, true, yes. true connections. So wherever you're listening in the world, I wish you a good morning, a good afternoon, a good evening, and look forward to connecting soon. So bye, everybody. Feeling inspired? Let's just get rid of this, throw away this whole perfectionism thing, this whole concept that we have to know how to do everything. You know what? You don't. <laughs> Let's just do things and try things and realize what we like and what we don't like. It's all part of the process. The self-awareness feels so good. You feel more connection to yourself, connection to others, and huh, be a happier, more joyful person. Just imagine that. So you are where you are in the process. So you can dip your toe in the water to try new things at a slower pace, or you can dive right in. Here at I Am Creative and Express Yourself Publishing, we meet you where you are. So there are so many ways to check us out. Explore our experiential kits. They have everything in them that you need to try new things. You don't have to buy anything else but this kit and just explore. There's Creative Shui, which is seven elements to join happiness. Through the Publishing House, Express Yourself Publishing, multi-author books, coffee books, solo book opportunities. It is all about expression, all about it. And it's, again, just trying these things and realizing what you're good at. Don't all of a sudden think that you only fit into one box because we don't. We are not 
made for boxes. <laughs> there is also my TV show, I Am Creative. Check it out. The links are all in the body of this podcast. You can just click the link. And you know what? Don't say, oh, maybe I'll check it out tomorrow. Life's too short. Just click it. See what it's about. There is honestly no judgment. It's all about exploring the possibilities, expressing yourself, and expanding your thinking. I will give you the website, which is IamCreativePhilly.com. So I am creative Philly, P-H-I-L-L-Y.com. And just remember that you are an expressive being, so own it. I am looking forward to hearing your story because we all have one. <laughs>